Hello and welcome to Come Out and Play, the D&D podcast that's all trans, all the time. My name is Benjamin, my pronouns are he, him, and I will be your DM for this campaign. I am Shay, I use they, them pronouns. I am playing Alusha, who uses she, her pronouns, and she is a noble elf. I'm Mel, I use they, them pronouns, and I will be portraying Terpsichore, a all-around fun person to be with, and who uses a variety of pronouns. I'm Chris, I play Rill, and we both use he, him pronouns. My name is Moss, I use ze, them pronouns, and I'm playing Ember, who uses they, them pronouns. They are a human paladin of the singing flame. Okay. I can trust you all, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well... I've not been entirely honest with you. Really? I I am a runaway princess. I do come from a long way away. It's just that the long way away I come from is the elemental plane of fire. Um, I'm not... um, I don't... But I mean, I do have, you know, a phoenix soul because I am a phoenix. Whoa. What? I'm a phoenix. Um, I mean, this isn't my normal, like, body. I mean, it's not like I can just turn fully into a phoenix at a moment's notice, but I do examine the backs of my hands and I can see that the fire is just starting to smolder around the edges of my nail bed now. Um, Though I'm worried I'm kind of wearing this body out a bit. And I'm not sure what happens if I do that. Um... I, everything else I told you is more or less true. Um, I'm not sure how old I am. Um, I'm definitely at least a couple hundred years old because when I heard of the Dawnstar dying, that was definitely, you know, I've been around longer than the time between that and now but I'm not sure, like, genuinely, I don't know how old I am. And it doesn't really matter, because I didn't really do anything until I... Um, hey, do you know anything about about the Elemental Plane of Fire? Any of you? Literally nothing. Okay. Can't say that I do. Okay, mm. so the Runaway Princess thing is pretty true? Like... What, like you're actually a princess? Yeah, you gotta understand that, like, elemental type is kind of, like, cast as well. Like, phoenixes live in in the towers that oversee the world and their nobility, you know? We're nobility. And my parents liked to keep me around, to just be home, and never do anything. Um, So I left. I went and I found a witch who made me this body. And now I'm here, and I have been for like, I know, a, a decade or so. And I like it this way. And that's why I'm tend to get warlocks hunting me from now and then. It's, it's my parents trying to bring me home. 
and now you know everything, all my, all my, all my, all my secrets. And you're the only people I've ever really told, probably, because I tend to just get to move on before I have to, you know, deal with people that closely. Anyway, I hope that's okay. Why have you been keeping this from us? Um, yeah, the whole thing about being hunted so that I can be dragged back to this eternal life of just being trapped in a tower forever. I mean, that makes sense. I wouldn't want to be trapped in a tower forever. Yeah, I don't blame you. Thanks for telling us. Yeah. I mean, in my native form, I guess, really, I am kind of considerably bigger and stronger than my parents right now. Like, they they, they died recently, um, fairly recently. Um, but still, they have status and agents, so, you know. I'm, I'm so sorry. Huh? Why? What? They, they died. Oh, I mean... no, 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 no. No, I mean, just, you know, they're younger than me right now. Just physically. Riddle blinks several times rapidly. I'm a phoenix. Right. Right. No, I'm just... I mean, I'm pretty sure if I die in this body, I just die, die. Like, that was kind of part of the way the magic was powered, I think, was with my immortality. And you're worried about your your body? Or this body? I mean, a little bit, generally. I don't really want to, like, die. Well, no, but I mean, you said you were worried about it being oh, worn out? yeah. And I kind of like, you know how when I've, um, you know when I use Unleash My Soul, sometimes little traces remain and I run my hair through, I run my fingers through my hair and you can see like little sparks flying out when I twist it. Right. And just like the faintest glow of coals in my nail beds. Haven't I don't looked know... that closely at your nails, got to admit, but sure. I don't know exactly if it's bad or or what, but you know, I'm just a little worried that I'm wearing this body out and I'm gonna break it. Where's that witch at that that gave you the body? I mean, in the elemental plane of fire. Ah, that would be a problem. Yeah, yeah. Oh, also, also, where I met like. Dragonborn, gnomes, and whatever. I've not actually left this continent on the material. Where'd you meet them, then? On the plane of fire? I have... I have so many more questions now. Wizards, mostly. Warlocks, some of them. And attendants, sometimes. It's mostly wizards, because wizards are the ones who are mostly, you know, the kind of people who go, I want to go and visit the elemental plane of fire. And treat with the phoenixes and their celestial wisdom, etc. Uh-huh. I don't really have a lot of celestial wisdom. I think I'm kind of stunted, like, intellectually, as a phoenix. But it's fine, I don't mind. I feel pretty on top of things as a elf, so, you know. Cool, really love the long silences where everyone stares at me. That's great. I can leave if you want, if you don't feel safe. I mean, it's fine. I, don't... I feel perfectly safe. I just am processing. This... There just keeps being very new things. So you were homesick? I don't know, not really. In a weird way. Like, I mean, you know, I was 
yes, it was a cage, but it was a gilded cage. That doesn't make it better. I had playmates, but not really any friends, you know? I mean, it makes me feel less awkward for all of you meeting my fiancé. Oh! That's what was going on. Oh my gosh. I kind of brighten up at that, like, immediately mercurial, like, all of my <laughs> sadness is temporary. That was what was going on. Y- yes. Real is, like, shocked that suddenly there- nobody knew that that was what was happening. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's who Silas was. I didn't, I didn't mention that. I don't know. For I knew she was, like, your sister or something, or no. Auntie, I don't know. What? I mean, she's older than me, but not by that much. <laughs> I am I could be old enough to be your auntie, I don't know. I, you all I live such wanna... mayfly lives. How can I tell? Real looks horrified at the idea of being that, just that, that whole thing. <laughs> and then looks at Ember, like, just more horrified. This is how Ember feels all the time. Oh. Alusha has been pointedly silent this entire time, uh, since she asked the question, why didn't you tell us before? Um, and she looks uh, kind of like she has a storm cloud, and she just kind of, she kind of, turn, she just kind of turns on her heel um, and walks away and sits sit somewhere nearby and sharp and start sharpening her weapons just in silence awesome awesome let me let me just real quick roll my very good insight and actually not fuck it up for hey alicia i didn't i didn't mean to trick you or anything i just well i mean i mean i did but it wasn't to hurt you i just i'm i've been on the run for a long time, you know? I mean, hell, and, like, Annette doesn't know. Alicia? She just, uh, looks, uh, is pointedly not meeting, um, Tepsikri's gaze, and Mm. she shrugs, and she says, fine. Hmm, charm person is not the right approach here, I think. Nope. (laughs) That was was an out-of-character comment. Okay, well, good. I'm glad it's fine. Should we move on? Although, actually, I think we've left some dinner behind there, so... I was going to say Ember begins plucking some very large bird feathers and looks at Tupsikri and just... If this body wears out, are we going to have to get you some transformative armor, too? Oh, I have literally no idea. Um, I don't know what happens if I break this body. I mean, I'm pretty sure if I just get, like, stabbed a bunch, I'm gonna die. Um, if I wear it out this way, I don't know. Maybe I'll be reborn. Maybe I'll have to carry an egg around in, in a furnace. How could you carry an egg around in a furnace if you're in the egg? Maybe you'll have to carry my egg around until I hatch it. Uh. Or maybe I'll just be a phoenix and just attract the attention of every two-bit wizard and also, you know, agent of my parents for miles around. Because it's really, really hard to hide a phoenix. Yeah. Especially on the prime material plane. 
I would imagine so. As you're having these various conversations, you can see that the, the two people with the cart have gotten up and rolled the tarp back from their various boxes in the back and are loading the bodies of the eagles. Hey, um, I, I want some of that. We're the ones who killed them, after all. Could you roll me a perception check, please? I had to find my dice. Uh, that's a six. Okay. You just see various boxes in the back. A couple of them are cages. The, the person who didn't get heavily injured kind of jumps down and says, we, we can come to a, an agreement to share them. What we really want is the feathers. Oh, I want, I want some of those. The 50-50? Fine with me. Sure. Okay. One of the b- bodies is still on the ground, but the, the person on the cart kind of sighs, starts chipping one of the back out so that they can be stripped down for the feathers and you can make a pile. Anyone else coming over can also roll me perception. Uh, I will do that. I'd love an excuse to walk away from Lucia. <laughs> I, I mean, I assume you're over there dealing with it, which is why we gave you your space. What were y'all doing angry 14. very large birds anyway? Rill, you see that one of the cages in the back, fairly chunky cage, contains a, a bundle about chicken-sized mm-hmm. of bedraggled, downy-looking fluff, not even feathers yet. Oh, no. Some kind of large, young chick. Excuse me. cheeping. What is this? Baby eagle. Uh Uh-huh. Goes back to plucking feathers like this is obvious. And what are you going to do with it? Sell it. Get a lot for exotic pets. Mm. Hmm. Thank you for coming along. We would have been toast. Can I make an insight check on this guy? It's like, is this, is this, is this chick going to be taken care of before it gets sold? Like, sure. I, he seems skeezy. Mm. Uh, nine. Hard to tell? It doesn't immediately seem dishonest, but mm. you're not sure. Hey, Amber, you want a pet? Yes. Can I have a pet? <laughs> Yeah, I'm taking this. Real looks this guy straight in the eyes and just scoops up the bird. Hey, that's for sale. We saved your lives. Call it even. Kind of looks away, thinks about this, because you definitely could take them. All right, but we're keeping all the feathers. Fine. Can I hastily stuff some feathers in my pocket? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you get... Uh, seven feathers and uh, one which unfortunately when you come to look at it will be really too singed to be of any use but you may stuff seven eagle feathers into your pocket (laughs) (laughs) they totally see you doing this but they're like this is fine this is a non-violent arrangement we're not gonna make this worse (laughs) they they let you take the cage have one of those quiet, whispered, intense discussions where they're definitely talking about whether they could take you and concluding they definitely can't take you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just go back to harvesting feathers from three dead eagles. 
two of which are in magnificent plumage and one is kind of more drab more kind of greys and browns hmm. doesn't mean much to you because you're not really familiar with surface animals um, but ember having been around a lot of wild animals in the forest juvenile plumage so what you have here is two full adults and one that was probably last year's chick ember is currently delightedly cooing over this baby giant eagle whose parents we just murdered it is cheeping at you very loudly and insistently because it thinks you might have food and it would like you to have food i will give it some like jerky or whatever meat type things yeah. i have you, you you are you can it's maybe not the the best baby food but you you can feed it enough that it stops cheeping at you angrily and said sort of sits there swaying looking very sleepy alusha if you're done with mm-hmm. your sword we have a uh, new new uh, junior postman here. I would like yeah. you all to know that I do have speak with animals. Yes! 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 <laughs> Giant eagles are large enough to be ridden. I'm just saying. <laughs> Sorry, Alicia, you were. I was. I was going to say I have animal friendship. <laughs> nice. You, but you, you, uh, yeah. You have a baby giant eagle. <laughs> <laughs> it is super baby. It has like not even pin feathers. Oh my goodness! Oh, so it's ugly cute. Yeah. Oh, I I was gonna say I walk over to Alicia with the cage like carefully and and you know show them. Oh yeah. Do do we know? Uh, do we know? Uh, like, are we, are we calling it a he or a she or, or it's they? I. Don't know how to tell. I don't. I don't think it should matter. I think they does fine. Uh, mm-hmm. We should definitely name them. Well, I mean, you're eagle baby. The naming of eagles is no ordinary matter. It isn't just <laughs> one of your holiday games. Ember <laughs> <laughs> needs some time to think of a good and proper name or three for this baby. Wait, wait, wait. Do we know that Ember can talk to animals? I don't think it's been used in play. I don't think it has either, because I don't think they've talked to any animals we've come across or anything. Yeah, they definitely haven't. Oh, man. Okay, I was going to suggest that they talk to the, the bird and see if it's, like, old enough to know that it has a name or if its parents used it. Name, or I don't know how eagle naming conventions work. <laughs> I will talk to the animal right now, but it will take ten minutes. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> we have ten minutes to delight in this baby eagle. Okay, as as its parents are being <laughs> casually stripped of all valuable components just, you know, 20 yards down the road, you can sit down and do the ten minutes it takes to speak to this baby eagle. I will, like find some shrubbery to sit in so that the baby eagle does not have to watch their parents being plucked for valuable components. Yeah, you you can make your way across the drainage ditch and find some somewhere better to sit than on the road with eagle blood everywhere. Uh, while they're doing that, and this takes ten minutes, can I talk to Alusha? Sure. Are you okay? I just... <sighs> I thought, I, I don't know, I thought that Tavisikuri and I had 
a certain kind of connection um, and that it just, I wasn't expecting it to hurt like this, but uh, their concealment of, of their identity just stings. And I think a lot in part to do with my whole werewolf situation. Um, and it would have been great to know before um, about who and what Tipsikari is um, for a lot of different reasons. And it just it doesn't feel great. Um, but it is my, my feelings to deal with. Uh, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I'm making things awkward. No, I just, just was, I was just worried. Maybe you should talk to them about it. Maybe, maybe later. All right. I mean, you guys still have the nobility thing, um, in common. Yeah, it just feels a lot different. Ember, you have found yourself a, a nice patch of long grass to set up in and done the semi-improvised ritual things you need to do to speak with this animal. And at, at the end of ten minutes, uh, it's you have that ability. It's Hi. looking at you in a sort of hunched over sleepy way. Aren't you the cutest little birdie baby? Do you have a name? Kind of... It's odd. It You know it, that it, what it did was squawk, but because you have the magic going, it sounds a little bit more like a, a, a human child babbling. Mama! <laughs> Pecks at the bars. You're too little to talk much, aren't you? It's making um, noises. Yeah! <laughs> it, it's baby babble. So I will continue just cooing at it and babbling <laughs> at it and seeing what treats I can find for it. And for now, we can call them Arvid. Oh. It, it's not, yeah, Arvid is not interested in any of the, the bits of plant you find around the place, but you do find a worm. The worm is very acceptable. The fact that we just brutally murdered its parents with fire makes this whole scene so, so <laughs> gruesome. <laughs> Listen, Rill didn't do anything. He shot it with one crossbow ball and then tried to keep everybody else alive. I didn't murder it with fire. I just no. murdered it with sharp, heavy weapon and a little bit of light. <laughs> also, I did not know about the baby. That makes a difference somehow, morally. I'm going to tell myself. Uh, yeah, Arvid is not very specific talk. It doesn't, doesn't seem to dislike you. Just is a baby and likes to eat things and chew on things and... Definitely doesn't know that their beak is sharp enough to hurt your fingers, or maybe doesn't know enough to care. So you might need to be careful of eagle bites. I will be buying some good leather gloves when we get into town. Very sensible. Yeah, I think we all might want to. At some point, the, um, the people with the cart 
hastily reconfigure things so that the one horse can, albeit slowly, pull the thing and then they kind of have to walk beside it to lighten the load, but they trundle off, In leaving the behind one horse we're going. Same direction you're going, yeah. We're going to pass them in ten minutes, it's going to be really awkward. There, there is a dead horse left behind on the road. Probably has had the hide, or most of the hide, hastily stripped. Mm, free horse meat. Yeah, you can, you can absolutely take some time to butcher some of this horse if you like. I want to offer some of the horse meat to Arvid. Arvid is very happy to stuff their little belly with horse meat. Very keen on bloody gobbets of raw meat. And I will stuff a small leather pouch with little baby bird-sized niblets of raw meat. Fragrant. <laughs> That's going to be the most upsetting thing for a pickpocket ever. Oh no, man of wood. Oh. They, they, would, they would go straight. It would be amazing. You would terrify them out of pickpotting anyone ever again. Yeah, you will pass them because they're not moving very fast. There is definitely a let's just pretend that we've never met before mm-hmm. kind of afternoon. Nice weather. About the whole situation. Um, and if you keep walking, then by sunset, you'll be coming into Shell Bay. Hi friends, Ben here. When we originally played this episode, it had a second half, but unfortunately we've suffered some technical difficulties and that recording isn't available. So I am here to narrate for you what we did during that time, and we'll pick up the story as normal next week. After taking custody of Arvid and having those intense conversations about Terpsichore's origins in the elemental plane of fire, the party made their way back to Shell Bay and northwards up the jagged coast. They took Arvid with them, discovering that the baby bird did not like their cage, especially in the early evening when they would scream and scream waiting for their parents to come back. Although dried trail rations were not ideal fodder for an eagle, The party were travelling through wooded country with abundant wildlife and managed to feed their new friend on rabbit, squirrels and similar small game. They turned off the coast road as they drew near to the ruins of Lodoral and made their way back to Whetstone Orphanage, where they found the dwarven wizard Jem waiting for them. She was very pleased to accept the book on divination that Tupsikari found for her and repaid the gold spent on it. She was less pleased to learn that Rill had spoken to his father about her to any degree but was reluctantly persuaded that he had been sufficiently vague that neither Vaughan nor the Drow in general knew about their dwarven enclave. Rill gave her the contact details for his father and explained that Vaughan had no way to reach her as he did not know her name or where she lived, so any initiative would have to come from her side. For her part, Jem asked to engage the party's services as couriers. She had a formal letter prepared for the people now living in the region of Hyderal, seeking to open negotiations for a possible return. The party supplied the name of Sasha, the mine boss at the New Works, as an appropriate person to receive this overture, and Jem gratefully added that name before handing over the letter for delivery. The formal preamble and signature of the letter were written in Dwarvish, but the rest left in common, in the pragmatic hope that the humans at Hyderal would be able to read it. Before leaving Whetstone, the party also met with Grandma Hill, the oracle who knew strange things about warlock patrons and old gods. She was fascinated by Ember's dream and new quest, 
and was able to offer the advice that the oldest knowledge remaining in the world would be in either the libraries of the elves and drow, or in the ruins left by the Principes, an ancient human empire that withdrew from this continent a thousand years ago, but which in its time conquered more than half the world and ruled over it for many centuries. Taking their leave from the representatives of the orphanage, the party left them to their solitude and continued travelling north, passing through the Blue Saddle Pass and reaching Hyderal after several days' journey. They found Sasha in her office on the main town square and handed over the letter from Jem. Sasha was understandably surprised to receive a message from the inhabitants she had thought were all dead, but seemed receptive to the idea of their return, saying that as far as the miners were concerned, the iron ore under the mountain belonged to whoever dug it out, but the old dwarven city still belonged to the dwarves. Since the river gates were structurally intact, any returning dwarves would be able to reopen that entrance and reclaim their fortress without depending on the human settlers for access. Sasha did wonder about Jem's identity, but immediately corrected herself, seeing that the letter gave a return address care of Hildegard the trader, and if the letter writer did not want their name to be known, she wouldn't ask. From there, the party rested for the night, collected what post the town had for them, and made their way out of the mountains and back towards their home base of Eisenbrook. And that is where we left off, and where the story will resume next week. Can I give you the most useful words for any GM who needs to suddenly um, switch focus in a scene? They are, a bear on a bulldozer crashes through the wall, what do you do?